You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning. <clears throat> well, hello. Hello, what is <clears throat> with that froggy voice? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is April 11th, 4-11-23. I love hearing this sound of my radio voice. I I actually change it. Um, it I love hearing the sound of my... You know, it, it's funny when you actually hear your voice reverberate um, and you've got like an earpiece and you're talking to a really nice mic and there's music in the background. You can't quite help but or you can't help quite quite you can't quite help uh but uh kind of you know give a little bit of a we'll welcome everybody to another episode you know i don't know a little bit of drama uh so to speak well what is going on in the world on tuesday april 11th um i can tell you that bitcoin is up bitcoin is uh, hit 30k and uh, let me see when last that happened feels like it hasn't happened for a while good morning Praxim I'm trying to just check uh, Bitcoin the last time Bitcoin hit $30,000 dollarines um, uh, going back I mean I get I guess I guess I guess I'm going I'm going I'm going like a Boeing um, 
30, 30. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has hit. Th- wow, that's kind of interesting. I don't think it has hit 30. Uh, the last, wow. Okay, that's 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 kind of interesting. I had no idea. The last time it hit 30 and it actually didn't hit 30, it was on its way down for the most part, was June 9th, more or less about June 10th, 2022. But it was on its way like free falling down. So um actually you got to go you got to go back wow you got to go back even more um I, ge- I guess it dropped from about 30 it was like in the 30s 40s 39 38 37 around about may then kind of had this like precipitous i don't remember the reasons why uh but had this kind of precipitous drop from 40 to about <clears throat> 30 all between i guess may 3rd and may 10th and then kind of like stuck around in that 30 zone for about a month and then kind of dropped all the way down to 17-ish by June 17th. Wow. So this is kind of like all in one month, halved from 40 to 20 in a month. And then from there, it's just been kind of like, you know, I mean, it kind of like flirted with about 24 in August. Um, the lowest was $15,460, which was, I'm just sliding my finger. Uh, f- when was Bitcoin around there? Bitcoin, da, 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 da. probably around about November in, in that region. And so to me, that's amazing. It's like Bitcoin hasn't actually seen 30,000 since um june may actually i mean we're almost there in a year and now of course the momentum i guess is uh, i always look at all these people these charts and i don't know what the hell uh, like i you know they talk about testing ranges and breaking through barriers and and stuff like that but um praxim i think it was you ever since you shared that coil that bitcoin coil um, it's just been the most fascinating, it's maybe one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it, it almost like I look at it and I think it's too easy. I mean, it's like, it's too obvious. Like, why did people not realize this before? Um, did they realize it before? It almost seems like it's kind of like the, you know, I found the Holy Grail to eternal life um, or something like that. But um, anyway, that's what's happening in in Bitcoin news. Um trying to think what else is going on that's kind of uh somewhat and fairly topical um i uh so denise hamilton will be um releasing that show on tomorrow on wednesday and um really um feeling like so much energized so much more energized now about um good morning um shadows pub and christopher and jersey king I'm feeling so much more energized um, by my approach, my content strategy. At the moment, releasing one show a week, um, I want to do more and I might do more. Um, I'm just, actually, this is the first week, this might be the first week ever, I mean, since I started the show, since March of of, um, 2020, that I'm actually not recording a new episode um, when I'm actually around and in the office. Uh, That's amazing. Um, and, uh, I, but I've got about eight or nine in the hopper. 
Um, and I'm releasing one a week, but I think I've got a better plan now than I've ever had before. Um, this idea of the one minute highlight, um, that, you know, video, uh, a little video release, uh, and then, and then with chat GPT now releasing these 10 key takeaways, which I can do a lot with, I can do a lot with that. So one is I can share it with my, um, I can share it with my guest, obviously, and let them promote it. I can release them in uh, a tweet, a thread with 10 different um, components or one longer tweet. Um, I wonder which one's more effective in terms of engagement and in terms of audience building. Um, a, a interesting question. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if that's an, something ChatGPT would know the answer to. Um, I wonder if you would know the answer to that. Is it is it more effective to release one longer tweet, which is kind of like a blog post, or to let's say split ten takeaways into ten different tweets in a thread? Um, that's an interesting that's an interesting question. Um, in addition to that, I could, if I wanted to, if I had if I had help, and again, it's just a matter of time before AI will allow us to do this. I could plug those ten takeaways and. It could generate ten. Um, it could generate ten thumbnails or ten uh, visuals um, with you know with rights cleared images or even just backgrounds with quotes um, and put that as a uh, a slide uh, show on Instagram or something like that. So that's another thing I can do. Um, but what I am going to try to do tomorrow is release those 10 takeaways as as part of my LinkedIn article. So just kind of play around um, with this idea of once a week, my newsletter um, will be just sharing one of my shows. Uh, good morning, Bez. Um, and I'm feeling good about it because, I, because I'm really trying to maximize the content associated with each um, episode and obviously see, you know, whether it takes and what takes and, and um, and mining the archive. I'm fairly, you know, from a monetization standpoint, I'm going to play around with three different things now with the show. Uh, one of them, morning, Jen. So so one one way I'm going to monetize the show um, is going to be this idea of like an AI week, um, uh, a you know a week celebrating, for example, for Women's History Month or or Gay Pride Month or. Um, or it could just be, um, you know, uh, it could be uh, millennials uh, or gaming. So it could be like a vertical, a horizontal, a demographic, and then go and look and find four or five sponsors for that week. So that that's one one way. Um, the other, which I'm flirting with, flitting or flirting with, is this idea of, um, I think Chris Voss did it for a while, um, and I didn't necessarily like the idea, but I'm but I'm warming to it, which is that, which is a this idea that that um, there would be paid shows. So, for example, if you wanted to come on the show, you could pay your way to to come on the show. Um, you would be the guest, and and um, this would be ideal for a CEO of a company wanting to demo their product or share their product or just someone that wanted to make a name for themselves. Um, the, the, look, the key, let me break down the key components. One of the components is for me would be 
um, and, and the key to why I believe it would be successful is my job, my goal as the host is to make sure that if you're watching the show, you'd be like, I remember we said this the other day with product placement. You're not even sure if it was paid for or not. That that should be the benchmark that you would watch the show and go, I don't even know if that was paid for or not or or be surprised that it was paid for or ultimately not care. That's the key. Good morning, Billy, is not care that that episode of the show was paid for um, because the content was so good, because the person was so interesting. So the my goal is to make sure that it, it isn't a shul, it doesn't feel like a shul, and then people watching don't feel that, like they're being taken advantage of. Now, the beauty of why I believe it, look, obviously I believe in, in, in my ability as a talk show host, as a moderator, as a thought leader, as a content creator, as a creator in general. Um, but, you know, with 450 episodes or 500 episodes or 550 episodes, actually, because I've had repeat guests and I've done community shows, um, I'm pretty confident in my work product. I'm pretty confident that I can follow the same formula. So even if you are um, someone looking to promote a product or a brand, I'm still going to ask you those fun facts about you. I'm still going to, you know, we're still going to talk about stuff and I'm going to curate and, and be that editor like that. I'm going to be, you know, give those editorial guidelines. Remember, this is my home. So if you come into my home with muddy shoes on and I ask you to remove your shoes and you refuse, then you don't get to come into my home um, because you don't respect my rules. Now, obviously, what I don't, you know, not to go down a, a tangent or a rabbit hole, but there's no, <clears throat> there's no point in inviting you to my home and not tell you what the rules are in advance, right? What if you arrive at my home and you're not wearing, um, you're not wearing socks and maybe you've got like, you know, sorry if you've about to have breakfast, but maybe you've got some toe fungus or I don't know, something like that. I mean, that's that's like an, a really extended metaphor. Um, the other thing you don't want to do is change your rules midstream, right? That's not a good thing either. Um, but But ultimately, if my rules as the host of a show that is monetized through paid placement, it's up to me to protect the integrity of myself, my uh, reputation, my image, you know, um, my, um, you know, objectivity, number one. Number two, my guest. I don't want my guest's brand to be tarnished in the process. And of course, uh, maybe the most important is the audience. That the audience, not only do they not feel taken advantage of, but it's the opposite. You know, for someone that's been there and, and has listened and appreciates the work, they'd be like, we'll, we'll give you that leeway. We'll give you that option, Remember, there are two parts. People are very self-entitled. Let's not, let's not you know, uh, uh, beat, beat around the bush. So you've got like two levels of acceptance. The first level is I'm not going to pay for any of, your, uh, any of your services or goods because I expect them to be free because, or if you charge me, then I'll just go somewhere else because there's a lot of free content out there, just like there are a lot of AI experts out there suddenly and a lot of chat GPT experts out there suddenly, right? So I can go elsewhere. That's why everything seems to be free. And then the second one, which is even more self-entitled, is not only will I not pay, but I'm going to object if you get paid by someone else. Um, and and you know what? It's kind of tough luck. It's like if you're in this business, this, these, you know, them's the rules. 
Um, this is the this is the reality of what we live in. That doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you don't pers- persevere. It just means you have to kind of anticipate that. So that's the second way that I'm going to monetize. So monetize one are these kind of um, sponsored or themed weeks. Monetize two potentially. I haven't decided fully is you know being able to bring on a, a paid guest. And the third is really to mine this archive. It's so apparent to me what a gold mine I'm sitting on um, with 450 of these different guests now. And, the abil- and, and a lot of the content is so evergreen. And this is where kind of, you know, I was playing around with ChatGPT um, and, and realizing that in, in, you know, in the wake of or in the absence of a team of having 10 people working for me or with me or interns or whatever, it's just me. I turn to technology to help um, and to help me save money and and help me save time. Now, with that said, right, we chatted a little bit about Bitcoin hitting 30K. We chatted a little bit about monetizing the show and chat GPT. Um, I, I wanted, I called today, it's Thought Leadership Tuesday, Chief Laziness Officer, because it's, it's readily apparent to me that, that what is happening right now, the, I mean, you, if you go into the cafe chat, you'll see, you know, all the way up, there is this, um, uh, just look on, uh, April 9th. So, uh, Sunday I posted it. It's the fastest things on earth, cheetah airplane speed of light and people becoming experts in AI. Um, you know, a, another way to think about it is everyone's talking about AI, 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 but really it's just chat GPT, chat GPT, chat GPT. Um, the other thing is, um, and I think I mentioned this, um, the presentation that I gave to Dr. Pepper Snapple group years ago and I spoke about the crawl, walk, run levels of AI, what I called automation, augmentation, and auguration, right? Automation is, as it sounds, right? Better, cheaper, faster. Um, replacing, you know, the efficient machine. The machine can do more mundane tasks without necessarily having to think too much. Um, you know, the ability to sift through big data. Uh, the second one is augmentation, which is the machine and the human working together as a partnership, as a team. Um, so helping me do my job as opposed to taking my job, which is the, also the third part, which is auguration. Now, augur- to, it's kind of a German word. I was trying to obviously look for aug, 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 au, 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 but uh, augurate is to like, is alchemy. It, it's like transformation. It's, it's kind of like magic. Um and auguration is where the machine actually is smarter than the human, right? So that is the sentient uh, machine that is the singularity. Um, a different way to look at it is, you know, with, with automation, the machine works for us. The machine is dumb. Uh, the machine does what we tell it to do um, and exactly what we tell it to do. It's a rinse and repeat. Um, the machine is taking the job of people like, for example, toll booth operators. That's a good example. Uh, augmentation, again, is the partnership, is the ability to take the, you know, to the insights allow then the human to do things with them, right? Um, and then and then, auguration, again, the machine takes the job of the human um, because now the human um, is not the uh, operator anymore. The, the human is being operated, and it sounds a bit dark, 
Uh, a different way to say it is the human actually is now slowing the machine down. So any human involvement in auguration is actually making the process less efficient, uh, diminishing marginal utility. You're, you're putting someone in a job um, that may be out of pity or um, you know, to trying to do a good deed, but this person actually um, is, is decreasing the productivity. Um, and um, it's kind of like a charity case. Humans become a charity case uh, for um, it, it's scary as hell. I mean, that's the stuff that that Elon and Co are a little nervous about, and and well, they should, and well, they should. The other problem, of course, is you know we still are living in a world now where we're not hundred percent sure what is real and what is not real. So you know, and when machines can actually make things look real, it's even harder. So it's very, very challenging when we're really not quite sure what to believe and how to believe, and um, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the whole deep fake conversation. Um, what I, so what I wanted to do today is, first of all, as I said, I mean, I think we're being lazy in general by saying AI equals chat GPT, but really we're just talking about a form of automation for the most part. Um, you know, in many respects, we're talking about just search, but searching in full sentences and talking in full sentences. Um, it's like a, a searched, I mean, in, in some respects, in some respects, I'm just saying conceptually, um, ChatGPT is essentially just a search engine chatbot. Now I'm oversimplifying clearly, but it's just like being able to chat instead of search for search, um, and then kind of uh, and and then obviously put in a whole bunch more rules and filters and parameters. Um, but the idea of the chief laziness officer is coming down to this idea that, um, and I've used the example before. We drive, um, I took my daughter to the airport and, uh, you know, there was LaGuardia, there's 13A, 13B, 13C. And it was telling me to take 13A and my, my daughter was getting a little anxious because it was approaching an hour before her flight. Um, and I knew that 13C normally takes me to where I need to go, but there was a huge line there, be, um, be, I think maybe because there was a Mets game going on um, on Sunday. And... Um, and so I took 13B, which I normally do. And my daughter said, why are you doing that? Are you sure it's right? I said, I know exactly where this is taking us. In fact, I'm fairly certain this will actually shave three minutes off ways. Um, and she was like, I don't know, Dad, but okay. I took 13B. Um, it took me straight to um, where I needed to go. I shaved those three minutes off. Um, and so I beat ways on the day. Um, I beat the machine. Um, and I remembered how to actually drive. <laughs> how about that? How to actually drive, um, how to actually read a road sign, how to actually use my memory as opposed to blindly trust, implicitly trust the machine or trust the algorithm or trust even ways, which by the way is not really machine, machine, machine. It's, it's, you know, it's crowdsourced. It's using all the different cars of all the users of ways to triangulate or, um, you know, the wisdom of crowds or the wisdom of cars to come up with a better route uh, for you. So the question comes down to how, to what, so here's my question. My question is, is ChatGPT basically making us smarter or making us less smart? Are we becoming the drones or the kind of like, almost like the zombies that are driving with ways um, but forgetting how to drive, forgetting, losing their sense of direction 
in the process? Are we now just trying to automate everything? And, um, and should there be rules associated with when we do and when we don't? Um, and, and what are we losing in the process in terms of being able to turn to these, these um, machines or these automated tasks? Now, you know, I have to tell you, um, I'm, as, I'm tickled pink. I'm uh, happy as punch uh, to be able to use ChatGPT to summarize an entire episode of my show into 10 takeaways. It's, it's, a, it's a godsend. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible um, that I can do that. And um, it almost feels like I should pay $20 a time, never mind $20 a month. I think that's what I'm paying um, for ChatGPT4. Um, that to me is a great use case, an amazing use case. Now, could it be done better if I had a team of people? Um, probably not, actually. Maybe, um, you know, I, I mean, the, 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 the challenge, of course, is the integrity of the content. It, it, it seems right, right? It seems like, hmm, this seems somewhat intelligent, so I'm going to go with it. But is it actually what was said? The real scary thing is when what I'm feeding into, this is the craziest, okay, I'll tell you something that's really crazy as I sip my coffee. And I hope you have your coffee in front of you too. The otter.ai, which is an AI transcription service, it's, it's not that like super accurate when I look at the transcription. I look at the actual words that I'm feeding into ChatGPT and they're like words that just don't even make sense. Sometimes even when I say ChatGPT, it will like GB or, 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 or PT or it won't even get that right. And yet what comes out, what is spat out on the other side is coherent um, and succinct um, and, and somewhat intelligent. You know, the, that's my part, of course. Um, Billy, I've plugged your interview in. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on the top ten takeaways, and I'm gonna share those um, with you soon. Um, I just uh, uploaded the transcription, um, so I'm gonna work on that maybe uh, tomorrow. I'm actually uh, driving to Penn today with my son. We're gonna go and look at Penn, um, and then uh, he's going to visit his sister in St. Louis and look at WashU. So that's my day, kind of driving for the most part. But yeah, I mean. Um, Billy, it will be interesting to see what you think about, um, I'll, I'll show you, I'm going to give you three exhibits. I can give you some homework. Um, exhibit A will be my show notes that I took when you were on the show. Exhibit B will be what otter.ai generated as the show notes. And then I'm going to go ahead with the top 10 takeaways um, as, as per ChatGPT and let you know what you think. Um, what I've done as well, which is interesting, remember yesterday I think I was telling you about the process. The process for me is that right now uh, ChatGPT won't um, synthesize more than 3,000 words at a time. That's the number, by the way. I've worked it out, 3,000. Um, so I have to divide an episode into three parts for the most part because my interviews are longer, 45 to 50 minutes, and roughly for the most part, um, it is about up 20 minutes is about 3,000 words, roughly, you know. No, 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 it's less, it's less. It's more like um, 
15 to 17 minutes is about 3,000 words. Um, and so I have to like find the natural breaks. And then what I asked ChatGPT for now is five, five, and five takeaways. I end up with 15. I manually scour the 15 and take away the things that don't make sense or that I don't like or agree with. Or When I say I don't like or agree with, it just may be an irrelevant point. It might be, um, you know, I don't know, it might be a tangent. It just might be like, yeah, that, or it might be something I said, um, which to me doesn't highlight my guest or whatever. So, and then let's just say I end up with 14 of them or 13. Then I'll go back into ChatGPT and say, can you please condense these 13 into into 10? And I've started getting a bit smarter. Condense, collapse, prioritize. What are the What, what would you say are the 10 most compelling takeaways um, out of these 13? Or what do you think would be the most impactful for my audience, for an audience of, of business professionals? Um, and so that becomes my process. Now, it's still quite labor-intensive, but it's definitely something that an intern can do. See, the hardest part for me is the letting go. Like I could never have a book ghostwritten for me because I, I, it's my voice. My voice is, is at the moment not that easily duplicated. It will be soon enough. I mean, I know a lot of these chat GPT prompts are in this person's voice, in that person's voice. Maybe I'm just not famous enough, like quite literally, um, but I, I can try that. I mean, I can try and take a statement and say in Joseph Jaffe's voice, who knows, maybe it will work. Um, but I am. I have to believe that I'm not easily replicated or duplicated, that I'm somewhat unique. Again, it comes down to that, that whole concept of 80%, I'm 80% replaced, but it's the 20% that makes me me and unique and different to everyone else in the world. Um, so, so... I like the ability now for an intern to have to go and take the file, divide it into three, um, you know, feed it into otter.ai, divide it into three, plug those three into ChatGPT. You know, this is something that can be written, codified, um, et cetera. It's, to me, it's taking too much time. I'm enjoying it, but it's not a high-value task. Um, it's like editing my, my one-minute clips. I enjoy it. It's fun, but it's not an efficient use of my time. Much harder for me to give that one-minute clip editing task to an intern because I know what, what like that because that's that's it's too hard for me because I want to find the right clip I want to listen to it I want to be like this is you know I want to be able to then edit the three minutes down to one that still is too hard at the moment but but the te- the tasks yeah that's easy so why chief laziness officer. Because I think marketing has become uh, not complicated, not um, not necessarily um, mundane or time-consuming. I just think uh, marketing has become a little monotonous and really just like kind of underwhelming. And and I think we're I think we're maybe losing a lot of our our best and brightest from a talent standpoint. And um, we're trying to, I guess, I guess the best way to explain it is I think we're trying to automate marketing. Um, not, not just, I think we're trying to automate marketing. I think we've been trying to automate marketing for the longest time. 
with respect with respect to programmatic buys and uh, and these trading desks and um, and native and I mean we've been feeding stuff into the algorithm now for the longest time. So this latest iteration is not new. In fact, it's very old. And I think the chief marketing officer is turning into the chief laziness officer. By the way, that is also your code for the POAP, exactly spelled like the title of this room, chief laziness officer, capital C, capital L, capital O. Um, and I think that's pretty scary because I think that what we need right now is surprise and delight. What we need right now is originality and ingenuity. What we re need right now is humanity. What we need right now is unpredictability, not predictability. Um, what we need is that, you know, personalization can be, can be uh, automated, ironically, but can intimacy? I mean, you've heard me say this many times. How do you scale humanity? How do you automate intimacy? And the answer is you actually don't. You don't because you can't, and you can't because you don't. Um, so stop trying to do that. And, um, I mean, that's a controversial point because you can, you can personalize, of course, dear Joseph, you know, dear, dear Jensa, dear, you know, Christopher. You can do that easily. Um, but intimacy? Seriously, intimacy? Um, can you really automate that? Can you really scale humanity? I'm asking the question as I sip my coffee. Think about it. I don't know. Eventually, I suppose. Um, but I think that, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable to me uh, how everyone is just, I mean, let, let me ask it a different way. Why do you think everyone has Doven, Divin, dived. <laughs> Why do you think everyone has embraced um, AI, which is really just ChatGPT? So I want to just emphasize that point again. We keep talking about AI. We've been talking about AI for years, decades, in fact. Number one. Number two, we should still be able to like look on a map and determine where we are. X marks the spot. You are here. Well, you're on a journey from automation through augmentation to auguration. So where are we? It's not for me to say. Um, I mean, you think about it. Like, where do you think we are? Um, are we still squarely at the beginning, at the beginning of this hockey stick growth? Um, are we, or are we further along maybe than, than one might think? Um, that, is a, that is a question uh, to ask, right? So that's the second part, right? Where are we um, on this continuum? Um, and then, and then, ultimately, as we move beyond that, right? We we have to kind of like ask ourselves: Oh, like, are, are we better? Are we are we better off? What, what are we producing at the end? Right? We've moved. We're talking about AI, but we really are mischaracterizing it in the form of um, a chatbot that seems to be doing our work for us, but is the work getting better? So quality. I have no problem with the quantity part. I have no problem with the cheaper, and I have no problem with the faster. I guess I'm just arguing the better part. Is it better? Is the work product better? 
Will it be better? Um, I mean, I tried the other day, which is, I, I'm getting, I, I, I'm loving it, by the way. Just, I, I'm not trying to, you know, if I sound like, like, like a bit prudish about it, I'm not. I mean, I, you know, with, with Denise, I'm doing many things as well. Like, um, um, I asked, uh, I asked uh, ChatGPT to generate um, hashtags uh, for, for YouTube. And I'll tell you what I got. Um, so you can see what I got. But again, I don't know whether they're good or not. Um, so these are the ones that came out. Um, Denise Hamilton, diversity and inclusion, executive experience, Fortune 500, open for business, inappropriate optimism, toxic positivity, anything is possible, um, baby bird syndrome, white men, power of history, expert failure, Morning Joe, Forbes, Harvard Business Review, recommit to optimism, simplifying complex ideas and pessimism pandemic. Now I asked for uh, YouTube um, uh, uh, keywords. Um, I probably could have done better. Um, also, it's kind of interesting because I did it the first time and then it kind of uh, came out with, um, in a different, it came out like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And so then I said, can you repeat that? without the numbers um, and separated by commas. Um, and it did that, but then there were hashtags in front of each one. I said, once more, but no hashtags this time. And so it just gave it to me in the perfect format that I could then drop into my my YouTube kind of tags uh, box. I suppose when I do it again, um, I could ask and I could say, can you do that for me? Uh, could you generate uh, hashtags um, that correspond to the most popular and or are the most likely to go viral on YouTube. I'll try that option and see what happens. Um, so I'm kind of fascinated. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to come up with with uh, those tags by myself. Not, not a chance. I don't, again, I don't know whether they work or not. The, the other thing is, again, and I've said this before, it really does come down to the prompt. Um, I didn't just plug in the YouTube URL and say, generate hashtags. What I had to do is I just, uh, I, I forget the exact prompt, but I said, um, could you come up with these hashtags for Denise Hamilton's appearance on my show? Um, here, here are the show notes, my show notes. And here is a brief bio on Denise. So I let the machine know who Denise was and what we discussed in terms of my own show notes. Now, my own show notes are very subjective um, as opposed to otter.ai's show notes, which are less. So this is me just doing a bit of trial and error, um, trying to figure it out. So I, I, I wouldn't say I've been lazy at all in the process. In fact, I think I'm doing more work. Um, you know, I, I, I absolutely love the use case of being able to once again level the playing fields that... Actually, I could argue ChatGPT is a small business person's dream, a startup's dream, a founder's dream, an entrepreneur's dream, but it's actually awful for the corporate because, you know, it is allowing, the only thing that's helping the corporate do is basically fire people and boost their bottom line and make their external shareholders happy. This is all part of the built-to-suck um, dilemma or the four uh, horsemen of the corporate apocalypse. But there's no way 
that the integrity of this content will just be able to survive without legal affairs and corpcom and all these bureaucrats that work for companies getting involved. So I actually, you know, it might save you time by firing people, but it's going to come at a cost and come at a price. And we still have to, like, consider things like copyright and rights, etc. The one thing that I'd said um, previously is nobody should be able to summarize an episode of my show, for example, and come up with 10 key takeaways, but me, because I own the content and my guest. So I think when we, when we start to um, apply a tokenization or token gating or, um, you know, the overlay of blockchain, if you will, on top of, of, of this AI phenomenon, um, I think that's going to be very interesting if that's even possible, but I think it will be. So I, I like that. So, I'd, you know, as we come up to uh, 8.45, um, I, I want to always encourage people to come up in the last 10 or 15 minutes, um, rebut, add, riff, ask questions, um, and, and kind of bring a few different perspectives. Obviously, I'll pick up what you have to say in the chat if you're listening uh, to the podcast, um, certainly come on in and come join us one morning if you, if you will and if you wish. Um, I I'd I'd love to you know I I mean I I don't know whether whether this provocation is accurate or not. Um, is this actually helping the chief marketing officer, the chief communications officer, the chief uh, people officer, or um, is it coming at a price? Is it essentially making us lazier? This is, um, I'll give you a good analogy. Uh, remember the story of, um, I think it's the Brothers Grimm, um, Hansel and Gretel, right? We're being fattened up right now. We are being primed for slaughter by the machine. The machine is the wicked witch. And we are being fed right now and we are gorging our faces and we are becoming uh, perfect, um, you know, the sacrificial offering. We are, the, we are setting ourselves up. We are being primed right now to actually be taken out and taken over and taken down. How about them apples? What do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that, that you know, we are we are becoming dumber, we are becoming lazier uh, because of automation, as opposed to checking ourselves and and saying the objective is for us to free our time so that we can. This is important so that we can focus on higher value tasks. And by the way, higher value tasks could mean exercise or mental health or meditation or spending more time with our family. So it doesn't mean uh, working harder. Um, it doesn't even necessarily mean working smarter. It means actually working less. That's okay too, right? To work less, to, to output the same amount of work, quantity and quality. But certainly if we can be more productive, um, then, then we could. the concept of sleep as well. Um, I, I don't know where I was or listening to something, but um, 
I don't know if it was a comedian or something, but he was saying, can you imagine being able uh, to explain um, humans to like, I don't know, to, to aliens or something like, you know, we, uh, we have to basically for almost half the day, uh, you know, shut ourselves down and recharge so that we can start again the next day fresh. Um, and it was just like this very interesting, unique way of thinking about sleep um, and how, how it doesn't actually make sense, this idea of sleep. Um, we understand, obviously, the physiological, the, all the advantages, obviously, of sleep and why we do it. But can you imagine this idea of we're not very efficient because we have to like, actually have to shut ourselves down and then uh, start kind of living in a fantasy world could our dream state in order to start again. Um, so in a perfect world, we wouldn't sleep, would we, right? We'd be just like, you know, we would be machines. We would be uh, productive and we would be working all the time and we'd be also having fun all the time. And But that is just not the case. Uh, shout out as well to Peggy and Arturo. Haven't seen you in a while. Um, love the fact we have, look, we have uh, 10 people in here and the POAP, um, I've, I've uh, minted 12. Um, and uh, when we start hitting that number, I'll move it up to maybe 13 or 14 or 15. The POAP is available 859 to 914. And Chief Laziness Officer is the secret word. Uh, if you don't have POAP yet, POAP.xyz uh, is the app. And uh, last Friday, we actually had a magic POAP, which means... Anytime this year, if you have that POAP and you see me IRL, I'll buy you breakfast. Um, all you have to do is show me that you actually own that POAP, and I'm going to be doing more of these magic POAPs um, as well. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting time, and uh, I'm just absolutely fascinated. You know, I went on Clubhouse um, a few weeks ago, and just like almost every room was focused on ChatGPT. Like, it's unbelievable how the puck has, you know, where the puck is right now. But remember that whole analogy of six-year-olds playing soccer. Everyone is just kind of, you know, mobbed around and amassed around um, this idea. And, and my message is a very simple one, which is, you know, you, you, you're more damned if you don't than if you do. So do it. Play around with it. Have fun with it. Um, you know, figure out use cases that work for you. I'd almost have to say, I mean, this is going to sound uh, a little funny. Uh, What you need are use cases. Uh, I'll put this in the cafe chat, what I mean. You use cases. It sounds like like Joe Pesci. Your Honor, these two youths. What, Mr. Gambini? You know, I'm sorry, Your Honor, these youths. It's use, use cases. That's what we need. Not use cases, use cases. Things that work for you. Things that work for use. Um, these are the things that we need to find. Find something that's going to work for you, for use, and then, and, then, and then celebrate that and share it and, and figure out how to get better and smarter at it. You know, for me, um, I'm at this point now where... Uh, I'm appreciating and respecting um, the automation. Automation is amazing for an entrepreneur. Automation is good, actually amazing for a corporate as well. But there's, 
remember the analogy I, I, I've used this, I've written about it many times. Uh, Len Hauser, who I met years ago, over 10 years ago in, uh, in Austin, um, I, think he was at, I think he was at IBM at the time. He said to me, Joe, there are two types of people in the world. There are numerator people and denominator people. Um, and I got it like in a second. Um, numerator people are focused on the upside, on on the the potential, on you know, on on dreaming, on being able to kind of you know take the risks, whatever. Right? Denominator people are all about mitigating the downside. There, so you've got you've got effectiveness on the top, you've got efficiency on the bottom. So I actually think that all of this. Um, for the smaller you are, the more um, automation slash AI slash chat, chat GPT will help you on the numerator side. And the more and the larger you are, the more corporate you are, the more it's going to help automate in the sense of uh, saving you uh, money and saving you saving you time is a common thread. Um, but for the entrepreneur, it's allowing them to do more tasks, free them up to think freely um, and compete with the bigger boys and girls, um, whereas the other is more just about um, mitigating as opposed to managing um, and and being able to still hit those goals. Uh, there's less room for creativity. There's less room uh, for flexibility and, and risk-taking. Um my message to you, if you are in the corporate world, is avoid the lure of laziness. The lure of laziness. Maybe that's going to be the name. I'm trying to think uh, uh, the lure of laziness, which is a better name. Should I ask ChatGPT? Which is a better name, a title for a podcast? The lure of laziness or use cases? Um, I don't know. One of the two. They're both good, I think. Um, the lure of laziness. Um, the urge to take a shortcut, to um, to uh, what do, what do you call it? Um, cut corners. It is it is a, a trap. It is a fool's errand. Um, it is crack cocaine. It is an addiction. Once you laziness is a epidemic, um, and ultimately laziness can lead. Uh, to inertia and uh, and to a lack of momentum, uh, it is uh, what's the word Sed- sedentary, 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 um, sedentary. One of those words. Um, it it can when we stop thinking for ourselves. Um, when we stop, when we when we've actually the irony is we're saving ourselves all this time, but if we're not using the time we've saved in order to think, to brainstorm, to be creative. Quite frankly, this is why I love these coffees so much because I know that for one hour, at least one hour every day, I get to think. I get to articulate. I get to think out loud. You give me that right. Even if you weren't here today or listening, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do this exercise because it is keeping me alive. It is allowing me to not succumb to the to the the trap of laziness, the lure of laziness, and and that's why I encourage you all to do it for yourselves. And I encourage you to come up on stage 
uh, and join me at least for the last 10 or 15 minutes um, and, and, and to grow that way as well. Not necessarily to have to even come up and ask me a question because why am I the expert? I'm not the expert. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just fortunate enough to have the, uh, to have the microphone. Um, but to force yourself to start to do that, to, um, you know, to, to, this is the kind of intellectual and mental, uh, gymnastics or wellness that we need, um, in order to make sure that we don't get beat that we don't succumb to the lure of laziness, that we don't become too reliant on the machine, right? Because at best, you know, our, if you look at it in terms of marginal utility for us as humans, we are hockey stick growth, 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 growth. It, it's very much like a, like a bell-shaped curve. We will, when we are perfect partners, that will be our finest moment, and then it's all downhill from there. And and soon we have zero value anymore. We are just uh, oxygen invaders. That's the fear. That's the fear articulated in a nutshell by the, the Elons, etc. of the world. They are essentially talking about what happens from that peak that early to late majority, that moment, that 50% moment when we are perfect partners and working in perfect partnership with the machine. And then the moment, the minute the, where the machine gets slight, a slight upper edge against us, we, we've lost. We've lost our edge, our competitive edge. Quite frankly, the only thing that will save us will be our flaws, in the irony of ironies, if I'm predicting the future here, yeah, dark mirror, black mirror, what's it called? Black mirror um, is, is the fact that, that, you know, progress over perfection, that we actually will crave and, and desperately crave a spelling error or, or a grammatical error, use, use cases, that kind of stuff, intentional and accidental mistakes, uh, bloopers, the concept of a blooper. Why do we love bloopers so much? We love bloopers because, uh, or or when um, when comedians uh, on SNL or or you know on Broadway they break character. What they call it the the fifth wall? Is it the fifth wall? The fourth wall? The fifth wall? Um, when they break character. By the way, m- most of the time it's all an act. Not most of the time. Some of the time, maybe most of the time, when it seems like they just you know go on a tear and they're and 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 they get the giggles or whatever, and then they start riffing and whatever, um, it's it's a bit of an act. I'm not saying necessarily that what caused them to kind of laugh or whatever was was uh, an act that might have been genuine, um, but they know how to react. They, they got a plan B. They got a contingency plan. And so they might kind of start to, you know, I, like I have my own little uh, joke sometimes. I'll say like, I honestly don't know what the hell is going to come out of my mouth. I've got my own little um, one-liners that I use when something goes wrong or, um, or when I kind of deviate a little bit from the plan or the plot or certain things happen someone sneezes in the audience, I'll say thank you, I'll say, I'll say bless you. Like I, I've got ways of interacting that seem 
I don't want to like make it sound Machiavellian and make it seem very natural. I mean, obviously, I, I'm genuinely saying bless you to someone. Um, but I also am aware of the fact that people love that. They love the fact, whoa, wait a second, the keynote speaker just said that to me. Like, I'm special. Um, so, so those kinds of things that happen sometimes, the breaking of character, you know, the going on a little bit of a riff, those things are are natural and yet they're planned but ultimately it is the it is the thing that made them laugh in the first place that causes that right and 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 that's the point that I've tried to make throughout today which is you got to know if you want to get the right remember we've said this before many times if you want to get the right answers you have to ask the right questions so it's knowing what question to ask and I've said this before many times that soon the, the machine will know what questions to ask. So if we think that that, that is a if we have if we think as humans that we have a monopoly on on curiosity and asking questions, that's also a fool's errand. But it's sometimes it's it's the naive, you know. And every time I say something, I correct myself because you could probably train and and expect machines to ask naive questions too. So, in fact, you could probably, I'm asking the question, could you actually, you know, will we see AI that becomes sentient, et cetera, et cetera, can we actually build in uh, a 5% or 10% error rate or margin? I think the answer is, in fact, I know the answer is yes. In fact, I'm pretty sure today, if I was to say to ChatGPT, write an 800-word um, essay on XYZ and include 10% uh, and, 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 and include 10 errors, spelling errors. There you go. Done. Finished. So that's not perfect. That's, inten- that's, that's perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect, which actually might be and might have been the one true competitive advantage uh, that the humans have, and now we've lost that too. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, like, how do I end on a, on a high? Um, I suppose the high is just to say, until that day comes, let's just have fun. And let's, let's not, let's not uh, um, you know, debilitate ourselves with fear Fear of the unknown, fear of a tomorrow which never comes. Remember, tomorrow actually never comes. Tomorrow, April 12th, when, w- tomorrow when it's April 12th, it will be today. So tomorrow never comes. It's the same thing like death. Death is coming for all of us, I think, I know, I'm pretty sure. So are we just going to kind of, you know, crawl into a little ball, into a little embryo and, uh, you know, into, into the fetus position, I should say, and just uh, and 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 be and be debilitated with fear. The comet could fall. No, just live your life, have fun. That now that doesn't necessarily mean hedonistic life, right? That's that's a different conversation. This doesn't mean act without any care or consideration for people. It just means maximize your moments, maximize your time, maximize your potential, ma- actualize yourselves. I believe that I'm doing that. Every morning from eight to nine, I love it. I love it. It. I've said it's the highlight of my day. That's not spin. It really is. Um. And and so that's what it means. It means that we the fact that we can even anticipate 
and predict is great because it becomes the devil we know versus the devil we don't. And therefore, we have the ability to do something about it or at least to plan for it or at least to actually make the most of the time we have. It's like working for a company today, right? Christopher Bez, you know, if you anticipate that moment is coming where you're going to be downsized or laid off or whatever, then like, okay, go for it. Maximize your time. Get those wins. Get those wins, um, you know, those W's that you can put on your resume as opposed to constantly be interviewing and and sleeping with one eye open because that's a miserable existence. Uh, Bez just posted, he said, here's either efficient or lazy. I heard about this. Experience the future of fast food at Texas's first fully automated McDonald's where conveyor belts deliver your food without the presence of any human employees. Wow. Okay, I'm just going to let that sit. And um, and I'm going to let Bez, your question is a great uh, question. Uh, oh, I'm seeing like I, I missed a few things. Praxim said, as much as I'm a technologist nerd and work in the high-tech industry, I find a great peace of mind to also have skills to work with my hands to create things. One of my pieces of wood turning. Wow, you made that? That's amazing. Uh, I am going to... Um, I am going to. I forgot, by the way, that I'm that um, that Glenn. I'm going to make Glenn's grand kid into a poet. I'm going to make one of your wood turning pieces into a poet. Expect those later this week um, as well. Um, uh, ChatGPT, make a spelling list with ten words. One word should have a mistake. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at which word. I think it's number four. Is it? I think it's number four. Yeah, I think it's number four. Could be wrong. Uh, Repeat without telling me which one has the error. Oh. Oh, my God. What an idiot. (laughs) I was actually looking at it, and I was like, no, that word is not in... Okay, I'm I'm actually going to... um, I'm actually going to now quit while I'm behind. Um, I hope you enjoyed today. I loved the conversation, um, which I know I'm saying I love myself, but, you know, if you don't love yourself, who else is going to love you? Um, But um, I think we touched on some amazing things. It's wonderful to see Arturo here after a while. Um, Go ahead and get that POAP. It should be uh, available now. I will see you back tomorrow for Wellness Wednesday. Have an amazing human-filled, floor-filled day. And do not fall trap. Do not fall prey to the lure of laziness. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.